We've been talking about uh, uh, Shavuot. We've been talking ab about it, uh, about what it is, and we know that, uh, and that it's an agricultural holiday, and it's at the end of the counting of the Omer, and it is uh, the new spring harvest, right? And we know that uh, over time it came to be understood as the, um, uh, the receiving of the Torah uh, at Mount Sinai. Uh, and then, uh, amazingly, right on that day, uh, in uh, the first century, uh, right there when Yeshua, uh, during the days of Yeshua, uh, when he died, uh, you know, died and rose from the dead, we know that 50 days later, on Shavuot, uh, the Ruach HaKodesh uh, was poured out. Uh, and, uh, and so... I, what we really understand is that was, um, you know, that was not a, uh, that was not a coincidence. Uh, and uh, so I, it's kind of interesting that the three holidays that are the three uh, Shloshim Regalim, the uh, three pilgrimage uh, holidays, the three times of year uh, when uh, the Jewish people were uh, called to go to Jerusalem uh, to meet with the Lord, that is, you know, unleavened bread and uh, Shavuot and Sukkot. Uh, that each uh, each one of them uh, signals uh, an aspect of the redemption uh, of Israel. Uh, we could say past, uh, present, uh, and future. Past, present, and uh, and future. Uh, on, uh, on Passover, of course, uh, on the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, the redemption, uh, now in, Jew in Jewish understanding, I'm talking here first, just in a traditional Jewish understanding, that at Passover, we were redeemed out of Egypt. Uh, on Shavuot, uh, we entered into a covenant relationship with God uh, which is, uh, in a Jewish understanding, is not just simply that he gave us a way of life, but that the, it's a way that the redemption out of Egypt was to continue in the lives of Israel from generation to generation. The, under, the Jewish understanding is, is that God gave Israel the Torah as a, as a way to redeem the world, that uh, God was present in the Torah. God is present in the in this in the way of the Lord, uh, and that by uh, demonstrating it, living it out, there is the the present. People will experience the presence of God and live in such a way to uh, to bring redemption from generation to generation to generation, and that is how the uh, that is how Israel or Judaism understands. The idea that in Deuteronomy, when Moses is speaking to the generation on the plains of Moab, and he says, you were there at Mount Sinai. You were there. They weren't there, right? Uh, it's kind of like uh, before most of us were born, Edward R. Murrow, right, uh, had a television program called You Are There, or were or are, I'm not quite sure. But anyway... I, I, that, you know, about thing, events in World War II and, you know, previous uh, uh, world events. The idea is, you know, I'm, I'm bringing you to that. You're, you're like, uh, we're, we're showing it to you. You're, you're experiencing it yourself. 
Uh, and so Moses is saying to Israel on the plains of Moab, you were there, even though they were born after it. And the Jewish understanding of that is, well, because the mantle, the mantle is handed off from generation to generation to live the way of the Lord in order to bring redemption to the world. Okay? And that is a very important understanding of, you know, of uh, the receiving the covenant, receiving of the covenant at, at Mount Sinai. Right? And then then in, in the Jewish understanding of Sukkot, that is the uh, kind of the end of the journey. Uh, it is uh, the, uh, the, the great ingathering. Uh, Sukkot is the, is the, full, uh, the full harvest, like the consummation. Uh, the Olam Haba, you know, the, the, the redemption of the world. And that's why you read in passages like in Zechariah that all the nations will come and celebrate Sukkot, because mission accomplished the redemption of the world. And so you have uh, the, the work of God, past, present, and future, in these three uh, pilgrimage uh, feasts. Now, I, that is a pretty good understanding I think, of uh, the work of God. But from our vantage point, as a Messianic community, from our vantage point, uh, yes, we celebrate Passover and remember the redemption of the Jewish people out of Egypt. But from our vantage point, we see that the second exodus, you know, has begun the redemption, the final redemption, uh, the redemption of ultimate bondage, the bondage of self, the bondage of sin, uh, uh, has, has begun to be uh, removed in the finished work once and for all of Messiah Yeshua in his death and resurrection, his ascension, uh, and the pouring out of the Ruach HaKodesh. So the death and resurrection of the Messiah bring the redemption. But when we come to Pentecost, when we come to Acts chapter 2, when we come to the pouring out of the, of the Ruach, this is really where the, the beginning of the new covenant occurs. It's really here, not at the resurrection. That brings the redemption, which is necessary <laughs> for the, uh, the inauguration or the installation uh, of the Brit uh, Hadashah, of the new covenant. Uh, and and so the, the Ruach is poured out. The Ruach being poured out, as we know, right, uh, is the realization of the Torah, the realization of it in our lives. And this is what Jeremiah promised when he said that when he, you know, speaks as a prophet, uh, as the mouthpiece of God, saying, I will put the Torah in your inward parts and I'll forgive your sins. In other words, I will assure the end redemption. I will, I will assure or ensure that the way of the Lord does indeed bring the redemption uh, in Yeshua the Messiah. Uh, when we embrace Yeshua, it's like that is a continuation of the Exodus. Uh, and it is, um, it is a rather interesting, uh, you know, way of understanding, uh, a very interesting way of understanding the, uh, uh, the covenant at Sinai as a continuation of the exodus, of the redemption, that the redemption happened out of Egypt, but it continues in the life of Israel 
as Israel uh, you know, walks in the way uh, of the Lord. And as we said, remember last week when we, we talked about that if the people are obedient, uh, all of the great blessings uh, that will come, the end time blessings that will come to the land. And we said that it's not a case of jumping through hoops and just doing the right thing and then God will reward the world or something like that. Know that God created uh, humanity in an orderly way, just like he created the sun, the moon, and the stars in an orderly way. He created humanity in an orderly way to live a, in a particular way. And if humanity lives in this particular way, the blessings will indeed, uh, will indeed uh, uh, come. And so the pouring out of the Ruach is the placing of the Torah within us. And Ezekiel says the same thing using different words. When he says, I will place my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and cause you to walk in my ways. Uh, and that began uh, on Shavuot. So it is an amazing thing that the Torah was given by Moses, according to Jewish tradition, on Shavuot. And uh, that grace and truth are realized in the life of all who embrace the Messiah also on Shavuot. Uh, and uh, now it's also, I think, important for us to understand when we talk about the new covenant, uh, the new covenant, even the phrase new covenant, I think that there is a built-in little bit of ambiguity uh, in, the, in the term new covenant, that it refers to something new, something that wasn't before because it says that in Jeremiah not like the covenant that I made with you when I brought you by the hand and led you out of the land of Egypt. But at the same time, it is in a sense, on an, you know, the other side of the coin, while it is different, on the other side of the coin, it is a renewal. It, it, is, it is giving Israel and, by extension, the nations, the opportunity to live out what God had intended, uh, you know, for Israel and the nations uh, to be. And so we celebrate uh, Shavuot uh, as uh, a taste of the future, living it today, and recognize that when we, when we receive the Ruach, when we receive y Yeshua, it's not just a case of now I'm forgiven and when I die I'm going to go to heaven, but know that now we are engaged in the way of the Lord. Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. That is who Yeshua is. And we live out the life of Yeshua as we live, a Torah, as we say, a Torah way of life. And, and we demonstrate that to the world. And that's where real change and real redemption comes. You know, uh, someone um, came uh, and visited me a few weeks ago uh, and, uh, uh, and said to me, uh, so, so how, what is the mission here? Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, I gave an answer that um, at, least, uh, at least this person went away thinking. Um, I said, uh, our mission is to demonstrate the life of Yeshua, to demonstrate Yeshua's life, to live the Torah way of, uh, way of life. Uh, that is what we are called to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I went on to say how Yeshua did not engage the Romans very much. He really didn't engage the Romans very much. In fact, what he says about the Romans is render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, which is 
kind of interesting. Uh, in a way, it is uh, talking about submission to the, uh, to the evil uh, persecuting Romans. Kind of interesting, right? But uh, what Yeshua uh, demonstrated was a way of life that is what we would call the Torah way of life. And that is what, how we are called to live, to love our neighbor as ourself and all that goes with that. And all that we read about, you know, uh, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, Torah, because that is, that is ultimately, if we believe the word, that ultimately is a, not just a good way to live, but it's a powerful way to live. It's a powerful way to live that changes lives. Right, and in Yeshua we are empowered uh, to experience Him in the way that we live, uh, and uh, and and so that all comes from Shavuot. So we're kind of experiencing Shavuot in you know uh, in that in uh, by the way that we live. Now it's interesting when you read in the, especially in the Psalms about the role of Torah in people's lives, you'd be surprised. You know, when we hear the word like ordinance or statute, we're thinking like the penal code, uh, something or other. It has, I think those words have like a deadening effect sometimes uh, on us. Commandment, ordinance, statute, right? It's kind of unfortunate, uh, to, to be honest with you. But when you read, for example, Psalm 1, just a little portion of someone, not, not even the whole thing. In someone, uh, we read here uh, about the person who walks with God. It says his delight in verse two, his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight, he delights in the Torah. It's interesting, delighting in it, not just he's obedient to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He delights like he likes it. And in his laws, he medit- in his law, he meditates day and night. And then it says, he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in its seasons, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever it does, it prospers. He prospers. In other words, there's something about the Torah that causes refreshment, that causes fruit-bearing, that causes you know, prosperity in the right context. Uh, that it's like a really good thing, and it, it has really good results. So we might even refer to this as like an abundant life, you know, I, I, by delighting in the Torah, by delighting in the law of the Lord. In Psalm 19, I, we read here uh, in verse 7 to the end of the, end of the psalm, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. Isn't that interesting? Usually we don't think of it that way. The, the, the Torah of the Lord is perfect. It restores us. It completes us. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They're righteous altogether. You know, someone should put that to music. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay? They're more desirable than gold, more than fine gold, sweeter than honey, the dripping of the honeycomb. I don't know about you, but it seems that the law, the testimony, the precepts, and the commandments of God are really good. 
and that there's really there's something about them that really brings life, you know? I, and then that makes me think of Psalm 119. Okay, we're now we're not going to read uh, all like 173 verses, okay, of uh, Psalm 119. But, you know, it is, uh, it is uh, a rather uh, interesting, interesting uh, uh, passage because of what it says uh, about the, uh, the way of the Lord. For example, uh, in uh, verse 25, my soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have told of my ways, and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, so I will meditate on thy wonders. My soul weeps of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. So it seems, this is a lament, by the way. <laughs> okay, This is like a lament. I'm hurting, God. I'm really hurting. Teach me your laws. I'm really hurting, Lord. Teach me your statutes. In other words, that the, the law of the Lord, the Torah, the way of life of, of the people of God brings healing, brings life, brings hope. It's not just the doing of it. It's that God is in it. God is in the testimonies. And you know, it is really very interesting that um, the traditional rabbinic Jewish understanding of keeping the Torah, when you really drill down and read about it, is that God is in the commandments and that intimacy with God comes from living this way. It is a caricature of Judaism to see it as, you know, okay, do this and then I'm okay with God right? That's usually what happens in just by religious people in general, whether they are uh, uh, people in a, uh, in a church, in a synagogue, or in a mosque, <laughs> frankly, just religious people, right? Without uh, the neshama of God are going to boil it all down to, well, I better live this way, and then God will be okay, then I'll be okay with God. But that is not the good news. That is not what is taught uh, from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. It's engaged with God in the context of a way of life. Not just my faith is in my head and it's disconnected from the way I live, or I, I live in such a way and I don't really even think about faith. No, there is this amalgamation of embracing God and living in his way. And that is what the psalmist here is uh, uh, saying. You know, if you look down to verse 40, he says, Behold, I long for thy precepts. Revive me through your righteousness. May your loyal love also come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. Okay? Uh, and I... Uh, uh, in verse 43, and do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I wait for your ordinances. I will keep your law continuously forever and ever, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. That's like worthy of a, an entire mini course, verse 45. Because to be free does not mean 
that I am the master of my destiny. <laughs> to be free means I can, I can live the way of God. I can live according to the way of the Lord. Okay, the derech uh, Adonai. If you move a little farther down, I, uh, in verse 71 and 72, very interesting. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn thy statutes. The law of my mouth is better to me than, a thousand, than thousands of gold and silver pieces. It seems that the way of the Lord is not just memorizing Bible verses or keeping laws, but that it is an amalgamation of embracing Yeshua and living in, uh, you know, in a way navigating through uh, this life. What I find fascinating is that this is all written by someone prior to the coming of the Messiah, because we could substitute for every single verse where we have talked about the statutes and the ordinances and the commandments and the precepts, you can substitute Yeshua. Yeshua is the one that gives hope. Yeshua is the one that we delight in. Yeshua is the one that we are revived, you know, we, we are revived in him. That is why he is the word made flesh. Uh, and that is why we could call him the living, uh, the living Torah. And that is the relationship of Moses handing down the Torah, the words of life, uh, and the Spirit of God indwelling us and making us alive. What Moses gave to the people did not by itself make them alive. They are the words of life, but Yeshua makes us alive via the pouring out of the Ruach. Now, if you remember in the earlier, uh, in, in uh, Acts, in the book of Acts, in, in the earlier uh, chapters, that, um, that Peter and John at the beginning, and then Paul, attribute everything that they do to Yeshua himself. That it is Yeshua who is alive and engaged in this world via the apostles. Okay? In the Jewish world, this is very much the way <laughs> that we're supposed to understand the Torah, that God entered into a covenant relationship with Israel at Mount Sinai, and so to speak, made Israel a partner with him in the redemption of the world, that God is the one, obviously, who brings salvation, who brings the change, who brings the transformation, but by Israel living out the way of the Lord, living out the Torah way of life, begins to, on the ground, bring redemption uh, piecemeal, so to speak, uh, to the world. And so now that the Ruach has poured out, God has not done away with any of that. When we enter into this covenant as Jews and Gentiles, as we enter into this covenant, when we embrace Yeshua, we become, as it were, the partner of God in the redemption of the world. That is why the way we live makes a big difference. It's a big deal the way we the way we live as Messiah followers. It is not enough to simply have it in our heads. It is not enough to simply say, well, I like to pray, but there is this like disengagement with my daily activities. No. Part of our understanding of having a relationship with God, of having received the new covenant, the Ruach, 
is indeed uh, the way we live, the, the beginning of restoration. Uh, and, uh, and it's kind of interesting because you read in uh, Acts chapter 3 that when, uh, when Peter is talking about this, he, uh, he says this. He says, repent, therefore, this is verse 19, but repent, therefore, and return that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Okay? Repent and return, and return that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And then it says, and that he may send Yeshua, the Messiah, appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient times. I would suggest that when he's saying, repent and return that your sins may be wiped away so that times of refreshing may come, that times of refreshing are what comes when we repent and we return and we live out Shavuot, when we live every day as if it is Shavuot, uh, and have uh, that sense of empowerment uh, you know, to, to demonstrate the way of the Lord, to live out Yeshua's life in this world, to make the, the presence of Yeshua known by both word and deed, you know, in what we say and how we live, being empowered by the, by the Ruach HaKodesh. In that way, we are advancing the work of Messiah in his death and resurrection. Uh, as we live it out and as, uh, you know, uh, 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 people uh, embrace uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Messiah, uh, that times of refreshing uh, may come. And so the challenge for us is to live in that way, uh, to live out uh, uh, that time of refreshment, kind of like what you read in the book of Hebrews about entering into an eternal Shabbat. You know, we enter into an eternal Shabbat when we embrace uh, the Lord. Not that every day is literally a day of rest, but we're living, so to speak, in the presence of Shabbat. We're living in the presence of God uh, all of the time. And that is what uh, Shavuot celebrates. It celebrates the new covenant. It celebrates the inauguration of it. So when we observe it, we're remembering that it happened historically, but we're, we're called to continually, uh, you know, live, live that out, that, that covenant relationship. And so what that means then in very practical terms is that in times uh, like in the way that uh, we uh, are living now, when we live out Shavuot today, we're able to navigate through, we're able to navigate through difficult times. When the Ruach HaKodesh uh, is has, uh, is uh, permeating our lives, uh, when we are being led really by the Spirit of God, we don't fall apart Whether when we receive uh, bad news or good news or whatever it is. We are concerned, we deal with it, but there is an inner core of strength because God is walking us through it, that no matter how difficult it is, we navigate through it. That's what's called, in plain English, staying above the fray, that we don't sink in the quicksand, 
of like current times and events. And you see, this was how Israel was called to live, just in conclusion here, in the wilderness. When God gave, when God entered into that covenant at Sinai, the idea was that Israel would live this way of life, which would mean, first of all, that in the wilderness, they would, they would trust God, live his way, and then reach the promised land. They would have the goal in mind, and they would reach it. But unfortunately, what happened is, is that they immediately became distracted and really did not live the way of the Lord you know, in the wilderness. They really did not live uh, in such a way as to get to the goal because they were distracted by the immediate, right? And that happens in our world all the time. When we are not really living out Shavuot, when we're not really living out that, that covenantal partnership, can I say, that we have with God, when we're not really living that way, we sink in the quicksand. We, uh, you know, we begin to rely on all kinds of other avenues and institutions and, and so on. But we, we tend to lose focus. And so on Shavuot, may we evaluate our lives and uh, may we, so to speak, re-up with God in the covenant uh, and recognize, yes, I do know the Lord and I, I am a co-laborer with Yeshua in the redemption of this world. Yes, he does the work, work, but he's called me to live a certain way. He's called me to speak a certain way. And you know, I will say that when we are living that way, when we're believing, thinking, living that way, you'd be surprised of the opportunities that God puts in our path everywhere we are to say a word, to show a word, that, uh, get, that, that makes the good news of Yeshua a real thing and desirable for, for people. And that is how real change happens. God made it possible uh, for you and I to make this difference because when he poured out the Ruach, this was saying, so to speak, to the world, here you go. Here is the opportunity for redemption. You know, embrace Yeshua and you'll be able to live uh, in such a way that you'll, you know, be at peace with your neighbor. Uh, there, you will uh, uh, live a rich, uh, you know, kind of life of well-being and of peace, shalom, wholeheartedness, uh, uh, completeness, and, you know, and, and so on. But the world uh, lives in rebellion. The world lives in rebellion. Uh, and says, I'll do it my way. And my way is what we see everywhere in the world. My way is really even what you see in Israel uh, right now. Uh, and it is only uh, when uh, we all come under uh, the, the kingship of God, as we say in the Alenu, you know what I mean? When, the, when God's name will be one and the only one, you know, that is when there will indeed uh, be peace in, the, in this world. But you see, as the remnant, he's given that to us to experience in our own lives. And so may we live that abundant life that we read about in the Psalms. Um, uh, when we think about, uh, you know, what, what the word of God does for us 
But may we realize that God, yes, has not only given to us, but he has realized it uh, within us. And uh, so may we, uh, may we enjoy uh, the, the feast of uh, Shavuot as we engage uh, with God uh, and draw closer to him and fulfill uh, our calling of being uh, a light in this world. So let's pray. Lord uh, God, we, um, we do pray, Lord, that um, we, would, we would live out Shavuot, they, that, that we would be filled with your Ruach, we would be filled with your Holy Spirit, we would be empowered to uh, live in a way that is uh, appealing to this world, a life of peace, a life of kindness, a, a life of deference, uh, 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 you know, a life of honesty, uh, of faithfulness, uh, all those things, uh, oh Lord. May we live that way, uh, God, and may it be, a, and may you empower that way to bring people to yourself, God. And we look forward to the day. We look forward to the day, Lord, when Yeshua will sit on his throne in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, and the whole world will live that way. We'll live the way of the Lord. Thank you, God, that you have called us to, so to speak, um, uh, plow the uh, plow the road. You know, to uh, take away the, uh, to be the builders of the road, uh, as we read about in Isaiah, uh, and to make the way straight, uh, Lord. Uh, it's not an easy life. It's not an easy way, Lord, but it is a very fulfilling way. And we thank you for it in Messiah's name.